Good morning, Rabotai. Very special thank you to the Morgan family for sponsoring today's breakfast and shear in honor of all of those who enhance the different programs, I forget the exact Lashen, right? Through their participation and attendance. Shkoyach. Baruch atah Adonai lehenu melech olam shahakol neyeh bivaro. Okay, so we're continuing our journey through practical cases of Bishal Akum. First two weeks, we delved into Pas Akum, and then we made the transition into Bishal Akum. What I'd like to discuss briefly is a topic we mentioned last week, which is, are we allowed to drink coffee from a non-kosher or a non-Jewish establishment? We're not going to discuss the issues of kashrus. Um, we'll assume that the coffee itself is kosher. We'll assume that the washing of the kalim do not present the problem. The only issue we'll be tackling is the coffee itself is brewed by Nachrim. Would that present the problem of Bishalakum? So you think about it. We said there are two factors that would make anything usser based on Bishalakum. Factor number one is that no, it cannot be eaten raw, and therefore through the Bishal of the Nachri, it makes it edible. And factor number two is it's Ola Shulchan Malachim. It's something that you would serve at a fancy occasion. So let's think about coffee for a moment. Can you eat the coffee beans raw? No. Will they ever serve coffee like a fancy occasion? Yes. Yes. Okay. That's why getting coffee if it's brewed by Nachrim is usr. Does it matter what type of coffee? Because at some events you may not have your simple brewed coffee that you'll find in Starbucks or whatever, but maybe they'll have nicer craft coffees or things like that. Does that Same, but even if, it's, even if it's run of the mill... Right? Any, any coffee, Pashib shot, unless it's like instant Folgers, right? <laughs> then there's no Shaila. But assuming it's brewed coffee, that's something you would serve at a nice occasion. So, Lechara, you have both factors. And therefore, how in the world can you walk into a Starbucks or even a kosher establishment where they have coffee brewed by Nachrim and, and drink it? It should be Asr based on Bishalakim. Good question, right? <clears throat> That's why we're here. <laughs> I use that line actually often for different people outside of the community. But here I actually have to answer the question, right? <laughs> okay, so what I want to do is, like we did regarding donuts, is understand the connection between the world of brachos and the world of bishalakum. Just before we... Yes. Are, aren't the beans roasted? Does that cook them? Well, they do roast the beans, right? And then they grind them up, and then they do a process of bishel. But both the roasting and the bishel, assuming they're done by nachrim, the chorah would present the problem of bishel You can't eat the grinds even after, even after the water goes through them. You can't eat the grinds. You're eating the water that comes out of it. So meaning if we assume that the bishel is the fact that it's roasted, and then we say bishel, bishel, and, and 
Like, wouldn't that those types of things apply? Meaning, what's cooking it? You can't eat the, the grinds ever. That's interesting. You're, you're eating the water, not the, not, not, the, the food. not the food. Okay, okay, this is getting interesting. So let's jump into this. So what bracha do you make on coffee? The bracha I just made, shahakol. Now, there is a question. When you go through, the, there's a very fundamental machlokus between the Rush and the Rashba. And it would seem, according to both opinions, coffee should be bore pre ha'etz. And I'll explain why. Let's take a look here. This is from Simon Reish Beis, Sif Ches. We have what seems to be a contradiction in the halacha. Sif Ches tells us, Honey that flows out of dates... If you're drinking that by itself, you make shahakol. And this is true for the juice that comes out of all types of fruit. Comes out, except for olives and grapes. Everything else, though, mevarich shahakol. Okay. So it's based on this sif that... We assume you make a shahakol on orange juice and apple juice and uh, all types of juices except for grape juice, which is obviously a different bracha. Let's take a look here at the Mishnah Bura. This is Sifkat and Memhei. Hazov me'atamarim v'hu adin ha'yotze al yadeh ketisha uschita. This is true not just if it's squeezed out, but so too if you're grinding it up or you're, you're really squeezing it, not just that it oozes by itself. Any form of juice that comes from a fruit, generally speaking, you make a shahakol. Why do you make a shahakol? So take a look here at Mem Zion. Kegon yayin tapuchim gavna, like apple wine or anything else like that. Doesn't make a difference if the juice comes out by itself or through your squeezing it. You always make a shahakal. And here we have the line. We view juice as the sweat of the fruit. Sounds delicious, right? The sweat of the fruit. The only types of liquids that have a real status of mashke, which would be like a continuation of the fruit, is regarding olives and grapes. Right? Olives and grapes, we know that an olive oil, without getting into all the complexities, there the bracha would be bore priyaits. On grape juice, the bracha should be also bore priyaits. The only reason we make bore priyagofen is because we say that yayin and grape juice is special. But putting those aside, all other juices are viewed as zeya ba'alma. It's the sweat of the fruit, and therefore it does not have the same bracha as the fruit itself. Okay. Based on this, we would assume, let's say you are making a vegetable soup. So you have carrots and celery and potatoes and other vegetables. You cook it in the pot for a few hours. The water itself is infused with the flavor of all the vegetables. 
Then you strain out the vegetables because you want to serve them by themselves and you want to only have vegetable broth. We would have assumed from seeing Reish Bey, Ches, what bracha would you make on the vegetable broth? Shehakol. L'choret zeyu ba'alma. However, we take a look here at Simon Reish Hey, Sif Beis. Al hamayim shebishlu behem yerakos mevarich habracha atzma. Shemevarich al yerakos atzman. Water that's cooked together with vegetables, the bracha you would make on that water is the same bracha that you make on the vegetables themselves, namely adama. Afal pishe'ein behem eletam hayarak. Even though there's no real vegetable in there anymore, it just has the flavor of the yurakos, you still make a bere priyadama. Vahani mili, kishibishlim below basar, that's assuming you were cooking them without meat. But theoretically, if you're making chicken soup and the main flavor was the chicken, even though you also had vegetables inside there, then it would be shahakal. Yes. However, what, what we see clearly from here is that when you're cooking vegetables in water and you're only drinking that water, it is not shahakal, it is adama. Oh. So here we have a contradiction, right? When it comes to squeezing fruit, then you make a shackle on the juice. When it comes to cooking, you make a bray priyadamo. So Dr. Seidel is saying maybe the difference is one is squeezing and one is cooking. When you're cooking, you're getting more of that ikr tam, and therefore it keeps the bracha. So that is the opinion of the rush. The rush makes that distinction. The Rashba, though, feels that there's really no significant difference between cooking and squeezing. Ultimately, it's the same thing. Why is it then you would make a shahakal on juice, but a dhamma on the soup? So the Rashba says, what? We'll get there in a second. He says it all depends on what these fruits are intended for. So who drinks juice, Right? Go back hundreds of years, it wasn't a very common thing. So if you're going to squeeze the liquid out of, a, out of a fruit, so we don't view that as the continuation of the fruit. That's something different. That's a shahakal. However, if it's made for squeezing or it's made for cooking, so then we view even the liquid or the flavor of that fruit or vegetable as the fruit or vegetable itself. Uh, we'll get there, we'll get there, yes. But just understand, right, two ways of answering this contradiction. The rush says, like Dr. Seidel, that cooking brings out the flavor more, and that's why you say bere priyadama on vegetable broth, in contrast to squeezing. However, the rush, the rashba rather, says it's all based on what are these types of, of fruits or vegetables, what are they planted for, what are they used for? So in the case of, of squeezing a fruit, the assumption was the fruit was made for eating, not for squeezing. And that's why you just make a shahakal. It's alma. It's the sweat of the fruit. But vegetables, oftentimes they are used for cooking, for making a vegetable broth. And that's why the broth would be bre priyadama. That's the machlokis between the rush and the rashba. So if we're assuming that apples are not made for squeezing and oranges are not made for squeezing... Okay, so we'll have to analyze that. But what would be the nafkamina between the Rush and the Rashba? 
So let's take a look here. This is now going back to Reish Beis Sif Yud. Let's say you have not vegetables, but you have fruit that are soaked for a long time or cooked in water. So the water will take the flavor of the fruit. Even though the flavor of the fruit goes into the water. You would still only make a shahakal on the water. That's the first opinion of the Mechaber. And who is that? You take a look at the Shin, the Beragola. He says, Harashba. That's the sheet of the Rashba. So if you're making fruit soup and you're removing the fruit itself, you would only make a shahakal on the water. Okay. Now that seems to fit well with squeezing fruit, but it doesn't fit well with the cooking vegetables. Vaharosh Kosov. The rush says that it's possible that by cooking the fruit, the flavor gets in the water. You would make bore priates. Okay. So in a sense, when we have this question of fruit soup, the first opinion of the Mechaber, which is the Rashba, seems to equate that more to juice coming from a pre. And the second opinion, which is the rush, seems to equate fruit soup more to vegetable soup. You make the bracha on whatever the, the produce was. Okay, let's take a look here at the Mishnah Berurah to see how he explains this machlokis. The first sheet would help with coffee. What's that? The first sheet would help with coffee. The first sheet that says you make a shahakol <laughs> would help with coffee. Well, we have to understand why is the first sheet that's saying shahakol here but they're saying Adama in the case of fruit soup. Meaning it sounds like everyone agrees that fruit soup, you make Adama on the broth. Thank you. Everyone agrees by vegetable soup, you make Adama on the broth. So why is he saying shahako here? Coffee or fruit or vegetable? Mm-hmm. Let's, let's take a look here at the Mishnah Barissa Katendin base. El is shahakal. You make a shahakal, it's the first opinion. Like we saw earlier in Sifches. Right? So the first opinion says clearly, it's the same thing as making the bracha on juice that comes from fruit. You make a shahakal. And this is not similar to the case of vegetable broth. There everyone agrees you make bre priyadama like we'll see in Reish Hay Sif Beis. Mishum dehasim rov achilas osan yerakos hu al shlika. The only reason you make brei priyadama on the vegetable broth is because the majority of vegetables are used for cooking. So we view the broth as like a continuation of the, the vegetable itself. Masha'en kein hacha, beperus de lav darchayu lemishlak o lekavshan, ele leachlan ba'ayin. In contrast to fruits, most people don't <coughs> cook fruits. They eat them the way they are. Therefore, it does not keep the same bracha. Okay. So we have here this very important machlokus between the Rashba and the Rush. What's that? That's weird. Like, you would, in other words... 
because nobody eats coffee. Nobody, nobody eats coffee. I mean, so let's go through the cheshbon for a second, right? You have coffee. The coffee itself is obviously planted only for cooking, right? Let's go through both opinions. According to the rush, the main distinction between uh, fruit juice and soup is if it's squeezed or if it's cooked. Anything that's cooked, the rush would say, keeps the bracha. Is coffee cooked? Yes. So according to the rush, we would assume this would not be the same thing as fruit juice. It's cooked, so the real tam of the coffee beans goes inside the water. Pashib shat, according to the rush, the bracha should be bore pri ha'etz. Okay. Let's think about this according to the rashba. The rashba says... I don't care between cooking versus squeezing. I just look at what is it grown for. So what are coffee beans grown for? For making coffee, right? So the Rashba would say that you should make bore priha eights on coffee. Right, so it comes out, to say it in more yeshivish shbrach, Sai in the Rashba and Sai in the Rosh. Both in the opinion of the Rashba and the Rush, that's the modern Orthodox translation, <coughs> they should both say, Bore Priya eats in coffee. Okay. Let's take a look here at the Share Chuva on top. This word has page 214. Share Chuva says, I'm quoting a few different sources here discussing what bracha you would make on coffee, tea, and chocolate. Chocolate referring here to like chocolate, like cocoa. So tea, just to go through the cheshbon quickly, should probably be the same thing. What are the tea leaves used? They're used for bishel or for squeezing? They're used for bishel. So the rush would say, it should keep the bracha brei priyadama. And if you were to ask the question, what are they grown for? Are they grown for making tea? The answer is yes. So the Rashba should also say, Bare Priyadam on tea. Okay. Says the Shari Tshuva, Mikomokom siyum bezeh shegam benoeg levarich shehakol al kafi viti kaminaga olam. We paskin though you make a shehakol and coffee and tea, like is the established custom, vegam al chocolate. And this is what people do. So you make a shakal on coffee, tea, and hot cocoa. The question we have to address is why? According to both the Rush and the Rashba, the bracha should be Bere Priya Eitz in coffee and Bere Priya Dhamma on tea. Good kasha. So really what we're establishing here is both in the realm of bishalakum, coffee should be ushered to drink because it has both conditions. It's not edible raw and it's olal shulchan malachim. And in the world of brachos, coffee should be bere priates, but for some strange reason, it's only shahakal. And tea should be bere priadoma, really. Okay. But Pashib Shad, we would assume, 
if you just have dried tea leaves, they're definitely not edible raw. So both coffee and tea should be a problem with bishalakum, and the bracha we make doesn't seem to be correct. Yes? You're saying that since people don't eat it, it's not really edible, then maybe it wouldn't be Bere Priya Eitz. <coughs> the question is like this, though. Is a potato edible? Is a raw potato edible? Yes. Is it any more edible than coffee beans? <laughs> Come on, right? So the answer is no. People don't eat raw potatoes unless you really have to. Yet what bracha do you make on a potato once it's cooked? Because cooking this vegetable is the way it's consumed. So we view the cooked product of a potato as the completion of this pre. Right? The Pashab Shat should be coffee and tea, even though you can't eat them before the Bishal, but they're made for cooking and they're edible once they are cooked. No, because you're not eating the actual coffee bean, you're eating the actual potato, just drinking the water. Okay, now the truth is, we have to go back into history a little bit. Let's explore the history of coffee together. Okay. In 1823, there is a man named... That would have been geschmack, right? During a safari in Africa, he discovered... No, but this goes back... Uh... Right. Lemaisa... What kind of coffee do they have in the olden days, whenever the olden days were? Turkish coffee. We call Turkish coffee. Right now we're spoiled. We have filters and all these fancy things. In the olden days, you would take the coffee beans, you would grind them up. And this, by the way, grammatically is interesting. What do you call little pieces of coffee once they're ground up? Grinds or grounds? So I, I think, I think technically speaking... They're coffee grounds, right? To grind is a verb, and then the noun of what these things are once they're all ground up are coffee grounds, not coffee grinds. So if we learn nothing else today, at least we have that. So what they would do, though, is they would put the coffee grounds into a cup, and they would pour hot water, mix it around, and you have coffee. So you're still drinking some of the, the coffee grounds as well. So we'll have to explore, why do you make a shakul not pre-pre-eitz, and why is it not an issue of bishal akum, or maybe it is an issue of bishal akum. Take a look here at the Gilgan Marsha. This is the Gilgan Marsha, the very beginning of Kuf Yud Gimel, the simon on bishal akum. He says as follows, Shtiyas kofi, who could read that next word? Huh? The coffee houser in a cafe, in a coffee house. He quotes here the chuv of the bear asik. The bear asik has... Many different uh, svaras as to why drinking coffee would not be an issue of bishalakum. Clearly, he was a big fan of coffee. <coughs> he says, Sha'af mina kadoshim mutter, that even the men of kadoshim uh, felt it was mutter. Degam ein lochish letaruvas iser, deloshchichi. At least in his times with the classic coffee houser, you know, all, all they were doing is a coffee and some milk. And, uh, well, at least the coffee itself is no problem. He does say in parentheses, V'ulai b'zmanenu hayib b'kofihauser ach kofi shechora. I'm sorry. Right. V'ulai b'zmanenu 
perhaps in the times of the Beresik, when they would serve coffee, they would only be black coffee. But nowadays, they have milk, and that could be a problem of Cholov Yisrael. Okay. Assuming, though, that there are no non-kosher ingredients, based on Bishel Akum, it's mutter, even Minig Kedoshim was to be mekel. So the question is why. Okay, let's take a look here together at the Pre-Chadosh. The Pre-Chadosh is this page over here. You'll forgive me for the marmakomas today. This is what happens when you make marmakomas in the morning, you know. <clears throat> so this is actually the same pre-chadosh that we referenced last week regarding donuts, where he made this uh, equation between the world of brachos and the world of pas. He said that, let's read this together, Zehaklal, kol davish mevarchen alav bereimene bezonos, any type of mazono, so that if you were to have it as a meal, you would wash, say hamotzi and bench, right? That's called pas of the kisnin. Then dino ke pas, then we view it as pas. And therefore it would have the heter of pas palter. Right? You'd be allowed to buy any kind of pas of even though it's baked from a non-Jewish source, assuming it's coming from a bakery or a store, then you have the heter of paspalter. So there we see one connection between the world of brachos and the world of pas and bishel. Now let's jump down here. Umehach taima yesh lahatir ha-coffee v'ha-chocolate shel goyim. And based on the same rationale, we're makel with coffee and hot chocolate. Based on the same rationale, meaning since regarding brachos, the brach is shahakol, so too when it comes to bishalakum, we're not concerned for, for bishalakum. So he's not giving us the reason behind it, but he's clearly saying the same reason why you make a shahakol and not eight is the same reason why it's not a problem of bishalakum. What is the theory of everything in the world of coffee? <coughs> The theory is, huh? The staple of life. What? The staple of life. The staple of life. They were made by the staple of life, right? The ichor is the water. Right? This seems to be the main svara that's given. And this was alluded to before. What you're really drinking is water. What about a latte? Oh, we'll get there. We'll get there in a moment. But classic coffee, right, for real men. Real men don't drink lattes, okay? Some do. Some do. <laughs> the the ichor is the water, and the water we view as being flavored by the coffee or the tea or the, the cocoa. If we assume the ichor is the water and the coffee, tea, and cocoa is, is bottle in a sense, not in the classic way, but it's bottle to the water, then how would that answer both questions? Because both the Rosh and the Rashba, they would only say that we keep the bracha breipriyets or breipriyadama when we don't view the tam of the pri as being bottled to something else. But if the ikr here is the water, so then I don't care you have the flavor of the coffee inside here. The ikr is water and the bracha on water is shahako. 
What's that? So they were saying it by something like soup, where there the assumption is, it's not that we're just having something flavor the water, but we view it as a different entity. This is vegetable broth. If this is the case, so then when it comes to bishel akum, true that tea leaves or coffee beans require bishel, does water require bishel? Water is something you can drink without cooking. So this one theory of saying that the ichor of coffee is the water will explain both worlds. That's why it's shahakol and not preprieates, and that's why there's no problem of bishal akum, because having a non-Jew cook water for you is not an issue whatsoever. What's that? But that could be for different reasons in the world of brachos, but not because the not because the ichor. Because maybe they don't like the taste, they're doing it just to keep them awake. So for, for the brachos, I understand that's why you make shahakul, but if, if bishop akum is a problem to eat that, it's not going to be mevatel by the water, but you still can't eat that. Oh. Meaning to say, when it comes to the world of bishop akum, if theoretically the ichor is the water and there's no coffee here whatsoever, so then maybe we could hear that it's it's, there's no real mamashos of bishalakum here, right? It's no Saint Tom. It is no Saint Tom. Is Tom a problem when it comes to bishal, to bishalakum? So generally, we say as long as you have rove, right? Even though you could taste bishalakum, as long as you have rove against it, it's not a problem. Now you can still ask, but in the Turkish coffee case, or let's say tea leaves that are not in a bag. You're still eating some of those coffee grounds, right? You're still eating some of those little pieces of tea leaves. But you don't want them. Depends how tired you are. Yeah. <laughs> Does it make a difference So instant would be a lot less of an issue because instant, we assume, is already... Well, it, it, it could work both ways, right? In a sense... That dry, dehydrated coffee water. Yeah. How about we'll do this? If there are other questions on this first step, let's just address those and then we'll jump to instant coffee, okay? I, I don't understand. Maybe I'm missing something, but chocolate is also like cocoa is being, is being lumped into this? Only cocoa when you're making hot chocolate. Okay, not the powder. He's not talking about like a chocolate bar. No, but I mean the, the powder itself. The powder itself? It was also cooked. Right. But it's saying that the powder itself that's used for making hot chocolate <coughs> would be the same svara as coffee and tea. Where we view it as it's here to flavor the water, but the water is the ichor. And so, you, like, you, even something that was highly, like, if you would make a, a cold brew coffee, you know, something that's, like, highly concentrated, you still would have rose water, like, even if it was intense, but you're still, I guess, having much more water than you want coffee. Still having much more water than you're having coffee. And conceptually, we view the coffee beans, the coffee grounds, as their only lahatim to give flavor to the ichor, which is the, the water. Uh, you said earlier that, um, that the, the reason why it's shakol is because the tam is buckled uh, to the water, but the tam still remains, even when the water is, is, is buckled. Well, so the truth is, when we say the word buttle, usually that means, you know, you have a little bit of milk that falls into a big chicken soup, and the flavor is buttle. Namely, you can't taste the milk anymore. 
That's not the, the situation when it comes to coffee and tea. You can definitely taste it. It's not bottle in the classic sense where you no longer have the flavor, but it means conceptually the main thing that I'm consuming, we view it as water. I'm, I'm drinking water with the flavor of coffee. Well, the reason I'm drinking the water is because it has the flavor of coffee in it, right? Would any physician say that that counts towards your eight to ten cups of water a day? The exact opposite. Right. It don't dehydrates say, you. Dehydrates you. Don't yes. Not, so then, how could we say? So lagabi hydration, it's not considered water. <laughs> what? That's what it sounds like, right? Maybe we'll jump to this question of instant coffee for a second. This is interesting, right? Instant coffee, you could argue, for the same reason that it's mutter to make instant coffee on Shabbos, and there's no violation of Bishel, which is because the coffee itself, we assume, is already cooked in the processing, and then it's dried. So all you're doing is, you're adding water to something that was already cooked, Ein Bishel, Acher Bishel, there's still room to be machmer to do it in a klisheni, but really, Min Hadin, Ein Bishel, Acher Bishel. So you could say, for the same reason we're mekel on Shabbos, that should say, it should always be a problem of bishalakum. So that's why in all of the, the instant coffee places, they always have the yid turning on the, the stove. <laughs> no, no, I, don't, I don't think that's the case. Right? So what's the pshad? For the same reason it's mutter on Shabbos, that should make it aser b'chol because of bishalakum. What do you tie Oh, So the truth is, we're going to see. When, if you take a look at the Mechaber, there are not even any page numbers here, gentlemen. This makes it very difficult. But at least we have the Sifim. Take a look at the Mechaber and Vav. As long as, as Yisrael participates in a little bit of the cooking, If an Ovi Kuchavim left Basar or a pot on the fire, And then the Yisrael comes and he... He either stirs the pot around to help in the cooking process, or he flips the meat. Oh, shehaniach Yisrael, or let's say the Yisrael leaves it down there, the gemar ovid kochavim, and the ovid kochavim comes and finishes off the process, hareza mutter, since either bitchil or besof, you had the participation of the Yisrael. So lechora, you could argue, I want to show... What's that? Okay. How far, how far do you draw the line? Okay. Let's see one more sif as well. Um, take a look at sif tes. We're going through the whole simon together here. Im If the nachri cooks something to the point where it was already edible. Right? Not, not fully cooked, but it was edible. The Gomro Yisrael, and the Yisrael came and he finished it off to completion. Yesh Lassur. Some say it's too late. 
since he brought it up to Kamaichel ben Dusoy, it's a problem. Unless there's a real need, like it's Erev Shabbos, or there's a Hefs and Merubah. Otherwise, though, the Mechaber is not a huge fan of this. However, comes along the Ramah, and he says, Some are Mekel in Gansin, totally. And this is how we are knowing, that even if it was cooked to the point where it's edible, as long as you, the Yisrael, are doing something to bring it to completion, that would be okay, that would solve the Bishal Akum problem. It, it's Kamaichel Ben Drusoy, that just means it's cooked enough that, not, that now it's edible. We're getting there, we're getting there, one step at a time. Take a look at the Gilead Marsha, the next page. Mm, I'm not sure that would work. But also over here, Michael Ben Dushlai means there is some purpose in cooking it more, right? Oh, exactly, exactly. And the question is like this. When the Ramah says, and this is a very, very important question, the Ramah is more mekel. He says, we're knowing to be mekel, the whole Indian. So does that mean, even if it's past Michael Ben Dushlai, but it's not completely cooked yet? Or does that mean, even if it's completely cooked, but if you can now come and participate and make it better, right? The, the terminology we use for Shabbos is, mitztamik v'yofolo, I, I could enhance it. Would even that small level of participation be enough to save it from Bishalakum? So the Gideon Marshal says, what does the Ramah mean, v'yesh matirin b'chol inyen? Kishitzarich od ligmor bishulo when it still requires the completion of its bishul. Avo, what? That depends on the person. Mm, perhaps, perhaps. Avo, but once it's already finished, then you coming in, right, with the cape, running into the kitchen to save the day. No need, I'll just take it off and put it back on. At that point, it's too late. It's already a problem of bishul akum. So we're making back up also, be the same thing. So according to the Gilead Marsha, once something is fully cooked, even if you now will do something to make it more geschmack, that's still bishalakum. So the application of this would be Friday night, you put the cholent up right before Shabbos, nothing is really cooked, and you realize that you forgot to plug in the crockpot. So no problem a well-meaning, well-intended, ignorant person right, went over to the non-Jewish neighbor and said, can you do me a favor and plug in the crock pot? Otherwise, it's not going to cook. And they did so. Now you wake up Shabbos morning, smells delicious, but you hear about what took place last night. So after you throw a few dishes around, right, how could this be? What did I do to deserve this? And you're misboning into your many sins as to how this happened to you. Question is, maybe there's an Eitzah. Maybe there's an Eitzah. Right now, I woke up at five in the morning to Chazer, Mishnayis, and Shnai Mikra, and, and Ambed Yomi. Okay. So before I do all of that, I take the Cholent off of the crock pot. It's fully cooked, but I know... Because of the lady shear and the kiddush, we're not going to be having lunch till like 2 o'clock. So an added seven hours 
can definitely be mitztamik v'yofalo. It, it, it could enhance the cholent. So I take it off, and I put it back on. Seven hours later, we come back for a Shabbos Suda. Did I salvage the cholent? So according to the Gilgit Marshal, the answer is no. <laughs> Go back to sleep. You didn't do anything. You didn't do anything. Why? Because it was past, it was past Michael ben Nusoy, it was fully cooked. The fact that you enhanced it does not salvage the Bishalakum. However, there is a tshuva of the Shevet Halevi, Ravosner Zeich Ratzadik Levracha, who does quote many shitas, where he was of the opinion, he passed in this way, Lemaisa, uh, with the combination of other factors which we're not going to have time to discuss, but the Shevet Halevi Paskins, even if it's fully cooked, and Lemaisa, you're doing something that will really enhance the Bishal, you are mitztamik v'yofalo, that would save the cholent. Now, practically speaking, cholent's not a great example because usually by you taking it off in the morning and putting it back on, the few hours you have, it's not going to do anything. It has to be something where you could really say, this is now much better than it was before, even though it was fully cooked before. And you left it off long enough to get cold and then you put it back on? You don't have to do that. Because as long as you're taking it off, right now, it's not in the bishal process. Right, but once it's cold, it's I'm saying, but, but, but you don't have to leave it off that long. As long as it's off the fire, you put it back on. It's not going to help that which was already cooked, though. So that would save the issue of the Dirabanan of Bishal Akum, but then you'd be in violation of the Diraisa of Bishal on Shabbos. You've got to pick your poison, you know? You've got to pick your poison. So anyway, getting back to the instant coffee, right? According to this, you could argue... That in the world of the Shevet HaLevi, it's definitely mitztamik v'yofalo, you're enhancing it, right? You are enhancing the coffee. So then the Shevet HaLevi would say, it's mutter. Even in the world of the Gilead Marsha, I'd venture to say, that even though it was cooked, but this is not the Gemar Bishel. This is not really the completion of the Bishel. It's cooked to this level to allow you to complete the bishul, And it's for that same reason, actually, and we're going to end with this, but it's for that same reason that some say we're machmir and Shabbos not to pour hot water directly onto the instant coffee grounds, because even though they're already cooked in the processing, because there's still more that needs to happen, it might be viewed as you're finishing off the bishul. Yes. And then they dehydrated it, right? Yes. So what do you mean they left you cooking? They didn't. They just took it and dried it out and let you reconstitute it. I'm saying, but if the whole process of making instant coffee, even though part of that process may have been fully mavushal, and even what that looks like at this stage of fully mavushal before drying it out is not pasha that it's edible at that stage, right? But this whole process is leading up to having dried out instant coffee for the sole purpose of you melting it, right, through the, the bishal process, that would be one svara to say it's mutter. Now, 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 there's another svara as well, which I think would really get around this whole Shiloh. Instant coffee is not ola al-shulchan malachim. End of discussion, right? That's very nice for instance. When you go into Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts or whatever it is, that's, that's freshly... 
brewed coffee. That's not right. instant usually. Right. So there, why don't we say that the fact that it was that the beans are already roasted before mm-hmm. makes it that it's already cooked past Matzah Ben and now whatever they're doing, meaning even if you want to say it's just the water, just the, all that is irrelevant. The beans are fully cooked. You're not eating the beans anyways. Right. The beans are fully cooked past Matzah Ben So what are they doing now? They're, all they're doing is just eating water. And pouring it through something that's already been cooked. They're not even adding anything. What are I'm saying, listen, the, the beans are, are roasted. And that's a different discussion of Bishol, Achar, Bottom line is, if you take this approach of, of the Ber Asik and others, that the Iker is the water. So that explains why you make a Shahakal and not a Bray Pre'ets. That would explain why it's not Bishol Regarding this whole issue of instant coffee, we have this Lumdis of you're the one who's actually finishing up the process, so it would not be problematic, likely even according to the Gilead Rasha. But more basic than that is, instant coffee is not Ola Shulchan Malachim. So Baruch Hashem, at least concluding these three shirim, we've arrived at the, at the Chiddush, that you're allowed to eat donuts, and you're allowed to drink coffee. Okay? Baruch Hashem. If you're not eating seven. If you're not eating seven, all right.